Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the podcast, To Be Named Later. I am Noah Hiles. He is... Alex Stumpf. And Alex, your Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, an off day yesterday, and they're back in action today against the Kansas City Royals. Uh, the team, you know, not that exciting to watch, if we're being honest with each other. I mean, they have a couple, they have a couple guys that are worth tuning in for. They have some decent players, but, I mean, this is a battle of two teams that the bottom of the barrel, two teams looking to get younger and, and better after having some success not too far along ago, uh, which we'll talk about in the second half of the show. But the first half of the show, as I mentioned, these two teams, the Pirates and the Royals, are struggling this year. Uh, and both of them are in spitting distance, the Pirates closer than the Royals, of the first overall pick. Alex, earlier in the season – the Kumar Rocker sweepstakes look to be all but sealed by the Pittsburgh Pirates, but a 10-10 and 10 stretch in their last 20 games changed that. They don't have the worst winning percentage in all of baseball right now. They're, I believe, yeah, they're tied oh. with Boston in air and Arizona at the time of us recording yeah. this for the worst overall winning percentage. They've played less games than both of those clubs. So I guess they have games in hand, which isn't a good thing if you're trying to get the first overall pick. Uh, my first question to you is, do you think they get the first overall pick? And my second question would be, is this something they're even trying to do? Well, no, they're not actively trying to get the first overall pick. Any team that says, hey, we're going to – even the teams that are very clearly saying we are tanking, the players aren't trying to just lose every night. So that's that, – throw that out the window. But – I don't know. I don't know if this is actually something that's going to happen because I look at the Pirates' schedule and they've got, you know, those games against St. Louis who at this point in the season, they're just going to be tired after playing so many in a row. They've got games against the Royals, games against the Reds, games – the Cubs series and uh, Cleveland series at the end of the year, those are two good teams. But besides that, I, I kind of look at this roster and it's like, or this schedule, it's like this isn't that daunting in general. So, I mean, whenever I look at, like, what the Red Sox have to go through or even, or even the Diamondbacks, I mean, they play in a division with the two best teams in the National League right now and the Padres and the Dodgers. I think the Pirates have the lightest schedule out of the three clubs. And, you know, they, unlike those other two who sold at the deadline and they're definitely on the way down, Pirates, like you said, over the last 20 have played 500 balls. So it's kind of looking like – yeah, I think they're going to win enough, and they're not going to get that number one seed. Number one seed. <laughs> number one pick is – Number one here. number one pick. Number yeah. one pick, yeah. I mean, it is kind of look like a number one seed for what uh, some Pirates fans are actually rooting for. But I don't know. I, I mean – Go ahead. It, it, no one's going to, you know, be like five years from now, like, man, I'm really, really glad that they ended up being the Reds – four to two in that second game of the doubleheader, you know, in September, 2020, they're like, Hey, we've got Kumar Rocker. That's what the sweepstakes are for. So I, I can't even really particularly blame any Pirates fans who are actively rooting for them to lose, you know, over these next 19 and have the worst record in baseball because Rocker, I, I don't want to like ha hype him up as, you know, this Steven Strasburg, Bryce Harper type talent, but he is clearly the best prospect in this upcoming draft. That's the guy. It's a big, big arm, which the organization desperately needs. And if you're telling, you know, fans like, hey, if the Pirates stink for two and a half weeks, 
they get this guy, there isn't anyone in the world who's going to be like, no, I don't want to make that trade. I want to, I want to see him go 10 and nine again. The Pirates, yeah, every Pirates fan is going to be like, two weeks. That's all it's going to take? Two weeks? <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, we've been doing this for two decades. Like, it's, two weeks. Two weeks of losing. That's, that's, a, uh, that's a walk in the park. Literally. It's like, it's like Hulk in, in Endgame. It's like, it's like I was meant for this. Yeah. This is, this, is, this is the way. I mean, Red Sox fans are like, oh, it stinks to be bad for 60 games. It's like, <laughs> 60 games. You think the darkness is your ally. You think the bottom of the <laughs> – you think the – you think tanking is your ally? The we entire were born time in the- last place, molded by it. By the time we saw the playoffs, I was legitimately a man, and it was so blinding. As was I. As yeah. This entire time, Calvin Candy, you know that meme of him from Django laughing. Yeah. Just- How many movie memes can we make out of this? I don't know, a lot, but yeah, I I think that, I mean, you can't actively try to lose, but like you said. They play the Indians and the Cubs, and those are two teams that have given them the business this year. Um, but the Royals, I mean, they play decently against teams that are around 500 or below it. I mean, they've gone toe-to-toe with the Brewers. They've gone toe-to-toe with the Reds. They uh, played well against the Tigers, uh, even though, I yeah. mean, they had some ugly losses against them. But, I mean, when they play teams that are juggernauts, they- Go ahead. They swept the Cubs, not the Cubs, the Cardinals in that doubleheader, and they yeah. played hard the first series. Yeah, I mean, when they, I mean, the Cubs are far and away the best team in the division. They, the Indians and the White Sox are both really good teams, as are the Twins, who they even played the Twins pretty tight. Um, but when they're playing lower-tier talent on the opposition, they don't do terrible. So I don't, especially at home, I don't know. I feel like this Royal Series, I wouldn't be surprised to see them get a couple of wins. Uh, and then Cincinnati, maybe it's just like the Reds are not good, but they're still technically in the race. So maybe yeah. they're going to have more to play for, and that might fuel some victories for the Cincinnati Reds. But I, again, there's, there's already been talk by the Pirates on the other side of that issue, though, of looking forward to playing spoiler. They said that. They said Every team we pretty much play after the Kansas City series is going to be a club that's either in the playoffs or a couple games out of a wild card spot or that second spot in the division. So every time the Pirates can beat one of those teams, it causes havoc for the rest of baseball, which is fun to do when you're, when you're behind. When you've been the, the punching bag the entire season, it's, it's fun dealing some pain finally. And, ugh. I don't know. It's nerve-wracking because, like, like you said, Kumar Rocker, this is a guy that – it's just different when it's a can't-miss pitching prospect. I mean, you have – there's been good, you know, solid prospects as far as hitters go. I mean, the kid that Baltimore drafted last year was one of the bigger, like, can't-miss guys. He hit, like, 410 or something like that his senior year or his last year in college. I think it was actually more than that. I think he hit, like, 430. Um, but – a pitching prospect's just different, man. It's just it, – there's just all the hype surrounding it. Guys like the Strasburgs, like the Garrett Coles. When, when, you're, when you have a chance to bring in someone like that with that just that electric stuff, even though they're only playing once every five days, that's – finding uh, primo pitching talent for, uh, you know, an incredibly cheap price for five years, that's stuff that can turn an organization around or at the very least, that's something that they'll be able to flip 
<laughs> four years into his MLB career and continue this rebuild at worst case scenario. So it's, it's an exciting opportunity. I'm interested to see, I mean, they're not going to actively try to lose, but I don't know. I mean, bringing Polanco and out there every day and having bell out there every day in the field that it, it might help them end up with Kumar rocker at the end of the day. I want you to close your eyes and imagine here for a second, five years from now, he actually closed his eyes. This is why he's a good podcast partner. Five years from now, the Pittsburgh Pirates rotation is Kumar Rocker, Mitch Keller, Cody Bolton, Carmen Majinski, and Jared Jones. What about Quentin Priester? Or Quinn Priester. Quinn Priester in that mix. Yeah, I'm sorry. Let's, let's kick Jones out there for a second. That, I, I know there's a lot of ifs there. That could be a legitimately scary terrific starting rotation like for as much as we're talking about how the pirates really don't have a whole lot you know in the farm system right now that's you know major league ready or even major league ready in 2021 that could be something big and you know what two and a half weeks of losing here's the thing rocker's not going to even take five years to get up either i mean that's a no guy, no no no. i'm just saying in five years in that's prime. the rotation yeah yeah that's yeah. i mean and then when you look at that rotation with an O'Neill Cruz in the lineup, a Nick Gonzalez in the lineup, uh, a Cabrian Hayes in the lineup, you know, pick and choose, maybe a couple other guys, maybe Reynolds is still around, maybe Kevin Newman, Eric Gonzalez. One of those guys might still be around too, Cole Tucker. It's not necessarily a bad team. I mean, that's something to get a little excited about. I don't know. I mean, that's – and also having the first pick, it's not like you just get the first overall pick you get the draft first in every round. It's not a snake draft yeah. in fantasy football. So you're getting first pick. I mean, you're getting a lot of early selections. So you can find studs. And you're getting a lot of extra money. Yes. And yeah, I mean, there's guys, I mean, what Bell was a second round pick, was he not? Yes. Yeah. I mean, you find talent later on in those rounds as well. So I don't know. That would be, I mean, Bell's not necessarily a great selling point right now, but just, just pointing out starters and former all-stars. We're going to take a quick break now, unless Alex has anything else to add on that note. I was going to say, we look five years into the future. Let's look five years into the past. For look the at this half. guy playing transition master. We're going to go back in time to the year 2015 and maybe switch some realities between the Pirates and Royals. We're going to do that when we come back. Second segment of the show, we're talking Pirates. We're talking Kansas City Royals. Alex, five years ago, these two franchises were, I mean, they were on top of the world. The Pirates win 98 games, third straight playoff appearance. They have stud after stud in the lineup. They have a great, one of the best young pitching arms in the game, a manager in a front office who can seemingly do no wrong. And then on the other side of the league, you have the Kansas City Royals, a team that, won a pennant in 2014 that traded, went all in and acquired Johnny Cueto, went all in and acquired Ben Zobrist, and they're going for another pennant run. We're going to switch fates, though. Let's say the Pittsburgh Pirates, they win their one-game wild card against the Cubs, that Schwarber doesn't hit that bomb, that Arietta doesn't shut them down. They beat the Cubs. They beat the Cardinals. They beat the Mets. They go to the World Series and they beat whoever in the World Series. And the Royals, on the, on the flip side, they have an early exit. How do their futures differ in this alternate universe? Are they the same as where they oh, are now? 
I, I don't know how they can be, you know, in general. And it, people are going to maybe like have a mini heart attack whenever, this say, whenever I say this. But if Neil Huntington wins a World Series in 2015, he is still the general manager today. I, I, there's, there's just no way around it. Yeah. Because he, he would have that ring. It's like, okay, things are going bad now. They probably still would have moved on from Clint Hurdle at the end of last year. I think Hurdle probably would have just retired. Yeah. After 2016, he might have, you know, yeah. had a, had, or 2017, had his ring. That's good. And, you know, maybe even Derek Shelton is still the manager in 2020 because his first interview was with Neil Huntington, you know, before in that weird period whenever Neil Huntington was still doing the job, it was, you know, all but officially fired. That was a weird, weird couple weeks there. Sure was. So I, I can't it, – it, it's definitely – interesting thing like if you look back at pirates history for lack of a better this doesn't come anywhere close but what is better from the pirates fans point of view like in 97 is it better that that 97 pirates team won 79 games or would it have been better if they won 83 neither case they would have made the playoffs in neither case it, it's a fairly insignificant difference right there but it's not 20 years of losing as a result like is that better is it better? How would people view the franchise right now if they were five years removed from a World Series? And you know what? Right now, you look at the Royals, you look at the Pirates, both teams are at the bottom right now. They were at the bottom, near the bottom last year. They were near the bottom uh, this year. It's just, they're just bad ball clubs. There's no way around it. You know, in the last couple of years, they had a couple of years of, you know, 500-ish baseball after, you know, 2015. But after that, it really dropped off i i don't know it's it's something like is that would that have been worth it would this all have been worth it if the parts would have won that world series and i'm not gonna you know be like oh man neil huntington really should have gone for it in 2015 because of all the criticisms that you have of people have of huntington team. that trade deadline in 2015 is not one of them he got Hap, he got soria he got ramirez he they, those were three really good players he got yeah. down the stretch there. It, Joe Blanton, you know, just for free. That was a good stretch guy. I, this is, you know, I don't have like a real answer. I'm like genuinely curious, like sound off in the comments or, or, or whatever. Like if the Pirates had that World Series five years ago and we're not hearing about how they haven't won a division or won a series, playoff series since 1979 and how it's been 41 years since the World Series, would that have been worth you know, keeping Huntington and probably still deteriorating at this point. Uh, I'll tell you something. First off, uh, I think it is worth it. Um, I think a lot of the frustration and I think just the lack of, or I don't even know, just every fan is kind of just indifferent about the Pirates right now. Uh, and it's just because they slid back into this low payroll, not performing well trend that fans thought was over after 2013 and now it's back a world series i think changes that winning multiple series in the postseason and if i think even if they do regress people would be willing to accept that hey at least they maximized that window at least they got mccutcheon a ring you know and, and that that i think is what hurts fans the most is that you look at the talent that they had and it just sucks thinking that the highest that that team got was a game five perform or a game five appearance in the NLDS 
during their first of three playoff performances. That's the most they had. The, all they had to show from that three-year run was really an exciting home run off of Johnny Cueto. That's really the only – I mean, there were a couple of moments from the NLDS where they won two games, and that was fun and everything. But th that's really the only big playoff moment fans in their 20s, like you and I, um, have from, from, from our – experience of watching the pirates in the playoffs in our lifetime so yeah i think a world series championship definitely a it softens the blow and b i think a couple things end up different i think if they win a world series andrew mccutcheon's still a pittsburgh pirate i really think that they find a way i really think that they find a way with the with the money that they would have earned nutting probably would have been in a good mood huntington would have found a way to lock up Andrew, Andrew McCutcheon probably retires a Pittsburgh Pirate or at least gets another deal where he's playing on the North Shore until well into his 30s. And then maybe they let him go at the end and it's like a Franco Harris goes to the Seahawks kind of thing. But I honestly think if they win a World Series in 2015, McCutcheon retires as a Pirate, which isn't necessarily the best thing for the Pirates future, by the way, because then they're, they're committing a lot of money to a guy who would still have probably underperformed in 2016 and who, who, who was never going to be the same player that he was in 2015 and before. So that's not necessarily good. I mean, it's another thing for the fan morale though, where they have a championship and they have a guy like the Tigers had Miguel Cabrera where, you know, they stink right now, but it's still, you know, you have your Miggy Jersey and like, that's a guy you can still come to root for, even though you're watching him when he's far past his prime, it's still, this is a guy that's, he's our guy, you know, and the Pirates, Losing that McCutcheon figure, I think, just turned so many fans away where we finally had, they finally had the guy, the face of baseball. He was on video games. He was winning MVPs. And seeing him leave after seeing all the good players before him leave, that, that hurt a lot of people. And I think a World Series and a locked-up Andrew McCutcheon changes the perspective of a lot of Pirates fans. You give a little bit more of a le length on a leash uh, for Neil Huntington and company. Another thing that I don't think happens – is the Chris Archer deal. I don't think that they have to be aggressive in 2018 at the deadline, knowing that, hey, we want a ring, man. Like, we don't need to deal away two of our best prospects for a guy that is a little uh, bit – he's underperforming. I mean, I, I know Huntington always had a, a, a man crush on Chris Archer, um, but I, I just don't see that deal happening with the pressure that – I mean, Huntington clearly let the pressure get to his head on that deal. After having – the drop-off in 16 and 17, he saw the team win 10 games in a row. He thought, this is where I'm going to be aggressive. I'm going to make this trade. We're going to make the wild card, and people are going to get off my back because we are competing. He doesn't have that pressure, not as nearly as much. Maybe you could argue that they have like a Penguin standard now or something or a Steeler standard where now we expect them to be competitive every year. I don't know if that necessarily still exists with the Pirates. I think people still acknowledge that, hey, it's a small market team. So the Archer trade does not happen. So you do keep an Austin Meadows and a Tyler Glass now. How well do they perform in this system? I don't know. They pro Glass now probably never amounts to anything if he stays in Pittsburgh. I think Meadows still ends up being a good ball player. Cole definitely still leaves. And, um, uh, I mean, fates, fates end up similar to players. I think Liriano regresses. McCutcheon regresses. Marte still does steroids. Pedro still gone. Neil Walker still gone. I don't know. I think a lot of trades end up different, though. You see, I, I, I probably should have prefaced that the same moves still end up happening. Because, like you said, that Archer trade probably doesn't happen, you know, if the Pirates weren't very clearly trying to win back fans, which is why I, I'm, I haven't had it ever 
confirmed to me or anything, but I'm, I'm convinced that Archer trade was more Coonley than it was Huntington. You know, just, Hey, we need a face. We need to get people excited please. for Pittsburgh yes. Pirates baseball, please. So I think that was a, maybe the McCutcheon extension, even though that would still go against like everything Huntington did, you know, not going after players, you know, in their thirties and stuff like that. I, I could, I get those mindsets. My view is regardless of that, if they won that world series in 2015, I think they're more or less in the same boat now. I think there are still going to be people who the conversation and a lot of people where the conversation ends with Bob Nutting is the problem. And they do not want to look at any other issue in the situation or, you know, it, it, like you said, you know, maybe they probably never get glass now to work right, even if he is a pirate now. So you still have that faulty coaching. You still have the poor player development. You still have, is it, is it worth that one shot of euphoria? In 2015, 100%, every person in the city would say, like, yeah, I don't really care about the next five years, ten years, whatever it is. You know, let's, let's get drunk tonight. Let's win a World Series. That's but always my five years removed from that, and at more or less rock bottom, still rock bottom. I said rock bottom after they got swept by the Tigers. They haven't crept from rock bottom since then, regardless of what happens this season. This is the worst – this is the worst Pirates team, I think, talent-wise – not talent-wise, but just like results-wise, in our in our lifetimes, which is saying something because we were alive for a hundred, multiple one hundred lost teams. Yeah, like it was. This is just not a good baseball team, and I know a lot of that is going to be distorted a bit because of the shorter season. But this this is the rock bottom team. I I don't know how much worse it could possibly get than this. And with that considered, it's like. Who do you want to climb out of rock bottom with right now? Do you want to climb out of it with, with Ben Charrington and Steve Sanders, or do you want to try to crawl out of it with Neil Huntington and Kyle Stark? I, I mean, you look at it that way. I just look at it uh, from like a fan perspective. There's not one Pirate fan who wouldn't have traded the experiences with the Kansas City Royal fans. And, and to be honest, oh, I, the Royals I get that. I get that. are in a much better position still I think, than the Pirates. They have better players than the Pittsburgh Pirates do. They just flat out do. They're in a better position to rebuild. They have a guy like Whit Merrifield who they could flip and get prospects for. They have a young talent with Jorge Soler. I mean, who has, a, you know, he's a 40 home run guy. I mean, they have multiple young guys that not say, I mean, the Pirates have Hayes and they had Bell last year, whatever. But like, if you had to gun to my head, if I had to pick one team that was going to be back in the playoffs uh, sooner, it'd I'd go with the Royals every day of the week. I think that they're still in a better position and they have the flags flying to show for it. And flags fly forever, baby. That's the thing where I, I, and I, I guess the answer is like asking the question to the fans. All of this is a lot easier to take if they won something. I'm, I'm not even saying a world yeah. series, even if they won a damn pennant. Like you look at, t I remember uh, one game, Greg Brown, I think it was in 2016, he's talking about how everyone wants the Pirates to go all in. Well, look at what the Tigers are going through now. Look at what the Royals are going through now. Look at, and he was like naming all these teams where they, the Phillies from the past, they went all in and they had a couple good years where they won a pennant, maybe even a World Series. And now they're stuck in five, six years of just being garbage uh, for a rebuild. 
And he's like, is that really worth it? And I was like, yes, it is. It, it, it legitimately <laughs> is because I, I grew up watching garbage and we're still watching garbage anyway. So just that moment of high, and that's just the, remo- the reality of smart, small market baseball is you are going to have to go through a little bit of hell. Otherwise, you're just, I mean, the best case scenario, I feel like what Huntington wanted was to be the Tampa Bay Rays or the Cleveland Indians, the small market team, the Oakland A's, who makes it to the playoffs every year and gets bounced by a powerhouse. And I don't know if I want that. I'd rather have the win. I'd rather have the ring. See, that's so easy to say if you have the win under the ring. But, like, I can tell you, the 2017 Tigers going into that year, that 100% should have been a team that was blown up. There is no way around it. That's whatever they should have traded Justin Verlander. That's when they should have traded JD Martinez and, and all these good guys going into 2017. Don't extend Miguel Cabrera forever. Like, but they went for it and it didn't work. It's easy to say, yeah, going for it works whenever you have a flag to fly, you know, because yeah. of it. But so many times you do it and it doesn't work out. And I think. I don't know. That's why I have a hard time, you know, mortgaging the future, like just going all in, like all, all, unless like there are teams, like I can't really think of one in baseball off the top of my head right now, but the NFL right now, which team is more all in than anyone? Like we really do not give a single crap about 2021. We need a Super Bowl this year. It's the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. That team, that team is done. 100% unequivocally done whenever Drew Brees hangs it up. Like, I mean, they just I, I, I don't though. fault them for, you know, really going all in and, you know, going to have this huge cap mess in a little bit. Or, you know. The Rams did this. That would be a better example. Where the Rams, the Rams, the Rams traded better. all their draft picks and signed everyone to these big yeah. deals, and they're already having to trade guys away. Yeah. But they went to a Super Bowl. And the Saints, they didn't go to a Super Bowl, but damn, they came close a couple times, you know, because of it. Back-to-back days of football talk. Look yeah. at us. Just some, some gridiron guys. All right, Alex, any final thoughts? Saints, Saints are winning the Super Bowl this year. Oh, man, I disagree with that, and I will always go by the, the mentality of flags fly forever, baby. I mean, especially in this town, and especially with this organization, 20 years of losing, one year of, of championship. I mean, if they would have won the World Series in 2013 and then did 20 more years of losing, still would have been better than what we're at right now in my opinion. That's a hot take. See, that's, see, that's such an easy thing to say, though. You know, whenever you look at, you know, 1990 or 2013, not 20 years the other direction, Alex. 2013. Well, guess what? Like, I'll, yeah, I'll go through another 20 years of that. But if, if that really is it, everyone would still have two-thirds of the way to go right now. Or, I mean, yeah, it's, would you, it's that, kind it, of a p- question. Forever, would you rather the, be a Pirates fan or a Marlins fan in the last two decades? Marlins are going to the playoffs this year. You're damn right. My, After- my, my hat from Amazon arrives today, baby. Marlins Nation. That's my final words. Be sure to follow <laughs> us on social media. Hit that subscribe all button on the podcast channel, and we will talk to you on Monday. Take care.